Would you please stand for the reading of our scripture this morning? It is found in Hosea 1, 1. Hosea 1, 1. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Beri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, in the days of Jeroboam, the sons of Joash, king of Israel. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Pastor, the platform's all yours. Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Here's the question. What is the power, what's stronger than a mother's love? And we need to answer that question because the world that we live in is broken with sin. Families are broken. Uh, young people, some don't even have mothers. And there was even some tragic stories in the news this past week about uh, some mothers who had done some things that they were arrested for. So the world is in a place where they're looking for love and certainly moms can provide it. But is there something stronger than a mother's love? Well, what we want to do is we want to be able to share this message with you, and you can find these messages and more on our church website at middletownportlandsda.org, and you can also find this message and more on my YouTube page, Path of Prophecy. And so if you're blessed by today's message, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button for more content because we want to be able to provide more sermons like these and messages like these. And please comment in the space provided below. And then please hit the bell when we post a new message. And that's another thing that I forgot to do. See, I need reminders, folks. I need reminders. I just put the clip on right now. So you're on there. But before we begin to answer this question, Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you today thankful for the gift of life, and we pray that you forgive us of our sins for how we've separated ourselves from you. Please forgive us of our sins, and please help us in our time spent today in your word to discover what's stronger than a mother's love. Please anoint our ears so that we can hear and anoint these lips so that I can speak the good news of righteousness in this great assembly, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, it sounds a little boxy, and you can turn this microphone off altogether. Just use the clip-on here. But that is our YouTube page, uh, or excuse me, our church website, and our the YouTube page there that I have, Path of Prophecy. We want to share that with our young people. I see we've got some young people here today. If you're into YouTube, come and subscribe to the YouTube page there. Well, to answer the question, what's stronger than a mother's love? We need to first go to our scripture reading today. Phil had read it to us just moments ago. Hosea chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea the son of Beri in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam the son of Joash, king of Israel. Now, what does this verse have to do with Mother's Day? Well, we're going to have some fun finding out. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles, get them out, and let's turn through our Bibles. 
the scripture readings on the screen. That's for our people out on our social media platforms. But for those who are here, I want to hear those pages turning because this verse will point us in a direction to help us to find an answer to that question. What's stronger than a mother's love? But when I read this verse, another question pops into my mind. And that is, why does the word of the Lord come to Hosea? Look at the passage of Scripture. Here's what it reads. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Barry, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. Now, Hosea was a prophet, and he was a prophet right around the year 750 to 725 B.C. That was when he was most active in his ministry. And his ministry was primarily to what is known as the northern kingdom. This was the kingdom of Israel. The kingdom of Judah was in the south, but the kingdom of Israel was in the north. And the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord came to Hosea, son of Barry. And so the question is, why would God speak through his prophet? Well, let's seek that answer. Because the Bible tells us in 2 Kings chapter 14 that the word of the Lord came to Hosea at this time of Israel's history because it was a time of great prosperity. Okay, here's what it says. In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria and reigned 41 years. The passage goes on. He restored the territory of Israel from the entrance of Hamath to the Sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he had spoken through his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet who was from gath Hefer. Now the rest of the acts of Jeroboam and all that he did, his might and how he made war and how he recaptured for Israel from Damascus and Hamath what had belonged to Judah. Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the king of Israel? So this was a time of great achievement for the nation of Israel. They were seeking territory. They were regaining territory that had been lost to them. And they were very prosperous. They were experiencing a time of great prosperity. But this prosperity did not just come about because of any military conquests. Listen to this. Hosea chapter 12, verse 8. And Ephraim said, Surely I have become rich. I have found wealth for myself. And in addition to that, we have Hosea chapter 2, verse 8. Speaking about Israel, she did not know God had given her her grain, new wine and oil, and multiplied her silver her gold. So this was a time of great achievement. There were military conquests that were taking place. The nation was expanding its borders, and there was great wealth that she had. But uh, and, and this wealth went into uh, spilled over into the agricultural realm. There was new wine and new grain, and all kinds of agricultural products that were uh, coming about at this time. And in addition to that. The nation was very wealthy with silver and with gold. 
But, but, the word of the Lord also came to Hosea at this time in Israel's history because it was a troublesome time. Yes, it was a time of great prosperity, but it was also a time of great troubles. Come on in, come on in. Listen to what 2 Kings chapter 15, verses 8 through 10 says. In the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Zechariah, the son of Jeroboam, reigned over Israel in Samaria six months. Then Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him and struck and killed him in front of the people, and he reigned in his place. Let's go a bit further, 2 Kings chapter 15, verses 13 through 15. It says, Shalom, the son of Jabesh, became king in the 39th year of Uzziah, king of Judah. And he reigned a full month in Samaria. For Menahem, the son of Gadi, went up from Tirzah, came to Samaria, and struck Shalom, the son of Jabesh, in Samaria, and killed him, and he reigned in his place. And then, if we go a little bit further in chapter 15, it says, In the 50th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, became king over Israel and Samaria, and reigned two years. Then Pekah, the son of Remaliah, an officer of his, conspired against him and killed him in Samaria, in the citadel of the king's house, along with Argob and Ari. And with him were fifty men of Gilead. He killed him and reigned in his place. So there was a time of prosperity in Israel's history, and the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord came to Hosea during this time of prosperity, but it was also during this time of prosperity that there was great political instability in the land as well. There was a lot of conspiracies that were going on, political assassinations. And so the people were living in an unstable, uh, they had unstable leadership. Added to this political instability also was the fact that Israel had fallen into spiritual apostasy. Listen to this, 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 28. Therefore the king asked advice and made two calves of gold and said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now, just to give a little context to what that passage is talking about, that's 1 Kings chapter 12. And I'm going to go here just to give a broader context. 1 Kings chapter 12. And I expect our audience here to be turning their pages. Because who was this king? Well... This is verse 25 of that chapter. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim and dwelt there. Also he went out from there and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom may return to the house of David. If these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn back to their lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Therefore the king asked advice. And that's the verse that's up on the screen. Made two caps of gold and said to the people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. So 
the scenario that's being portrayed here is if we go back and look at that passage in Hosea chapter 1, verse 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Hosea the son of Barry in the days of. And when we go to our Bibles, friends, when we go to our Bibles and examine the context of what was going on in the society and the culture during that time, we find that, yes, it was a time of great prosperity, but it was a time of great political troubles and also spiritual troubles in the land. And so this gives us a better idea as to why God would need to speak. Now, how is this possible? How is this possible that this nation would come under such dire circumstances? Well, I apologize. This is the one slide I didn't expand. Uh, shame on me. But Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The reason this is happening, the Bible tells us, the prophet Hosea speaks to the culture of his day, and he says the reason these things are happening is because my people perish for lack of knowledge. Okay, they're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Let's go on for, uh, further, Hosea chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Hear the word of the Lord. There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God by swearing and lying, killing and stealing and committing adultery. They break all restraint. So the reason people were doing this type of behavior is because they lacked the knowledge. And so God needed to speak to his people. So here are the consequences of these choices. There's no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. And as a result, there's swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery. They break. The passage goes on. Harlotry, wine and new heart. My people ask counsel from their wooden idols, and their staff informs them. Now get the imagery that's being portrayed here by Hosea. The people are asking advice from their idols, and are they getting any type of response? Well, he makes mockery of their circumstances because he says, as they have their walking staffs, the walking staffs are talking back to them and giving them the response that they need. It's a way, it's a very uh, sarcastic picture and portrayal showing the silliness of depending upon idols, okay? But here's what has happened. For the spirit of harlotry has caused them to stray, and they have played the harlot against their God. They offer sacrifices on the mountain, incense on the hills. Oaks, poplars, and terebinths, these are the varieties of trees that they had in Hosea. Because their shade is good, therefore your daughters commit harlotry and your brides commit adultery. Now, while God spotlights the fruit that comes from this set of circumstances, God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. He doesn't ignore the root or the cause 
of the problem. And what is the root of the problem? You know, if you have a root, you're going to get fruit, right? So what is the root of the problem? Well, here's the answer. Israel has forgotten his maker. Israel has forgotten his maker. Now notice how Hosea portrays it. He doesn't say Israel has forgotten his God. The reason he doesn't say that is because God is speaking through Hosea and he's trying to reach the heart of the people. And he's trying to help inform them and educate them so that they will understand that the God of Israel is different than all the Canaanite gods that have they've come under their influence. They think that God is just like the Canaanite gods and God is trying to distinguish himself and to separate himself from them by saying Israel has not forgotten his God, Israel has forgotten his maker. And that is a theme that runs all the way throughout the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. God is God because he is our creator. He's our creator. Now, text says that if this is the problem, that Israel has forgotten his God, what's the solution? What's going to be the solution? Well, our scripture reading for today, Hosea chapter 1, verse 1, says, The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Barry, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. The solution to the problem is that God's solution was, Hosea, I want you to speak for me. I'm going to speak, and I want you to instruct. So the word of the Lord came to Hosea. The word of the Lord came to Hosea to speak to his generation. And the word of the Lord speaks to this generation that was accomplished in their geopolitical ambitions. The word of the Lord came to speak to this generation that had been richly blessed economically. The word of the Lord speaks to this generation because there are people who are living total ignorance of their Creator and their Redeemer. And what does the word of the Lord have to say to that generation, to those people? Well, here's what Hosea said. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is a step to the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. Friends, the word of the Lord spoke to Hosea, Hosea's generation because God wanted Israel to know of his redemptive love. The love of God 
stronger than a mother's love. The love of God is stronger than love. You know, there's some striking parallels between Hosea's generation and our generation, between Hosea's time and our time, between, between uh, parallels with Israel's history and our own history. There's some uncanny similarities between the times that we are living in and Hosea's time. And that is, we live in a nation that has had... Uh, ambitions in the geopolitical realm, okay? We live in a nation that has experienced the greatest prosperity ever in the history of mankind. But we're also living in a time of political instability. We're also living in a time in which people have forgotten the knowledge of God. They have forgotten their maker. And my appeal is for us, for our audience, for you who are watching, to consider what God has done for you. As the passage says here in Hosea, the invitation is let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. We live in a nation right now in this generation that's divided. It's never been more divided politically and culturally than any other time in Earth, or excuse me, in our American history. And we're seeing this division polarizing people. But I believe there's a solution. I believe there's an answer. And that answer is found by seeking the knowledge of the Lord, not seeking religion but seeking the Lord. And so my appeal is, just as in Hosea's day, that we would seek the knowledge of the Lord. That means, yes, going to his word. That means humbling ourselves. Rather, spending time with our idols, spending time with our creator, with our maker. God has given us his Sabbath day, a day in rest. Put aside our work and put aside our labors and rest in his love, his everlasting love. And so my prayer is that we would seek the Lord while he may be found because there will come a time when people will run to and fro and there will be a famine in the land for food and water, but a famine for hearing the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness, for your grace. We pray that the blessing and the promise of your Holy Spirit would be with us and that we would seek the knowledge of the Lord. We ask for your blessings to be with us as we fellowship throughout this day. And may the light of your word reveal to us the love that is stronger than a mother's love, the love of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.